0: This is a microphone. microphone. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is another rendition of Life in the Rough, the podcast, baby.
1: Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. This will be coming out on Thanksgiving Day, actually. So happy Thanksgiving to all y'all listening at home.
0: Absolutely. I hope this provides you with a little bit of entertainment on the way to your, uh, if you're traveling, on the way to see your whatever Thanksgiving family that you're going to see. Uh, And if not, if you're just looking to... uh, get a little bit of a break from your, uh, from your day, uh, on Thanksgiving, we, we are happy to have you. Um, yeah, if maybe
1: not... Aunt Betty's in your ear asking why you're still single. How come you're not bringing a lady to Thanksgiving, you know, pop on the pod, go sit in the other room, or honestly, maybe sit right next to her and just throw your headphones in, let her know how you feel about it. Oh, but, um, uh, we're glad to, uh, we're glad to be here with you on Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
0: Have you ever have any awkward, um, uh... I mean, I know this runs in my family. I, I I've got those aunts who it's mostly aunts. Uh, uncles kind of yeah. stay in their lane. Aunts that love to ask questions when it's like like you've been dating a girl for like three months and it's like, so when do you think you're gonna move in? And it's like Aunt Sandy, can you catch what the fuck?
1: Like what? Hello, was she here last Thanksgiving?
0: Why don't we um, roll into
1: this slowly? Um, I do not. But so like, I don't have. I don't have, like, that movie Thanksgiving or holiday. Like, when I go, like, we usually do two of each holiday. Like, we'll go to my mom's house, and it's usually just, like, myself, Julia, my mom, my brother, depending on if my sister and brother-in-law and the kids are in, they'll be there. But we don't really have like the big extended family situation, even on like Julia's side. It's usually just like her immediate family and her her grandma, who we see fairly regularly anyway. So, no, we don't run into any of those situations. How, how about yourself? Do you have that?
0: Well, of course, of course. Um, in- I mean, I hope
1: they're still not asking weird questions about you and Courtney. I mean, this has been a, this has been an ongoing thing. From yeah, we've been,
0: yeah, we've been together more than 10 years now um she but these were things that would happen to courtney when we first started dating it'd be like oh when do you think you're gonna get engaged and it's like from the girl's perspective like do you think i've got any fucking control over when he's gonna buy me a ring it's you know it's and it's always those uh, the you know listen love all my family um and we're just gonna use Arbitrary names just to make sure we're not pointing out any fingers, although there's not Sandy. Um, But you do have, you know, those aunts and uncles, and always a little weird interaction. You know, maybe they have a couple too many glasses of wine and they ask to hit your vape pen, and you're like, wait, what? Hold on. What? Wait. Uh,
1: You you know, I'm sitting next to grandma, and we are at the table right now. Let's not do that.
0: It's also a thing, like, you know, that someone is drunk if, like, all of a sudden out of the left there they're asking people for a vape like all right the rest of your life you 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 don't vape you're you don't smoke tobacco yeah. d- d- nothing's going on but after a couple glasses of wine you're poking your nephew uh
1: at, at, no i don't know
0: it maybe i'm the only one with the crazy family i hope other people can relate um
1: he's like yeah I'm- uh, Uncle George, are you uh, allergic to the dogs? Your eyes are quite bloodshot over there. <laughs> What's going on? I, and and I
0: will say, I think that family reunions and family get-togethers kind of bring out the crazy even more. Like it, it. Although you should kind of be on like guard, like because I don't know, you might want to keep some things close to the chest. I feel like some people go above and beyond to like blow up their own spot. Um, and I will give you an example yeah. of this. Um, now, I have no Please. problem telling the story. This was my aunt and uncle's 50th. No, 40th anniversary okay. uh, celebration. 50th. I was trying to do the numbers in my head. They would be way too fucking uh, old uh, if they were married for 50 years. So it was a 40 year anniversary party. For my aunt and uncle. It, this was at a very nice restaurant in Mystic. Uh, we rented out the whole place. So obviously, this was a, you know, it was a to do. This was a big plan sort of thing. Um, this, yeah. this, this uncle I hadn't seen, and I, uh, uncle, I mean, uh, probably like one of my mom's cousins that, you know, uh, we, we would call him an uncle yeah. because he's older than me and and whatnot. Sure. Like halfway through the party, um, I'm over here. I just enjoying my Michelob Ultra. There was no Bud Light. Pretty disappointed about that, but Cash Bar yeah. nonetheless. And, uh, it's like Brian, you know, how are you? Um, I've got a pending friend request that I sent you on Facebook. And right away, I was like, oh damn. Um don't uh don't really don't really check the Facebook recently. He's like, oh well, my wife's friends with you, and she I, she, she likes all the photos that you're always posting. And I'm just all right, boom. All right, strike two against me. And I was like, Well, you know, I've just been a lot of really busy recently, and just haven't been stayed off the Facebook. He's like, "No, I get it." He's like, "Well, great talking to." you. I'm about to go smoke a bowl in the minivan if you want to join.
1: And I'm just like, "Hold on,
0: hold on." Um, I'm sorry, pass first of all, um, cousin Glenn. But uh, r- run that you don't,
1: back. You don't know what's in cousin Glenn's weed, by the way. Uh, I'm so sorry. You gotta steer clear. Of that. I'm sorry.
0: Don't really know you. Minivan smoking a strange substance.
1: Yet yeah, none of those were
0: really like on my to-do list um yeah so i had to I had to just let that one brush off but i do feel like when you bring in the extended family that's when the uh the curveballs really start to
1: come into play oh yeah oh yeah because like you start spe- it's not like you're just spending more time than like you typically would with them you're spending like all day with them and people are or drinking all day so like you know the lips get a little bit looser and the stories get a little bit more rambunctious and then yeah one thing leads to another and i don't know your wife flies home early from her vacation you got two people jumping out of your uh your closet naked looking goddamn magic show i don't know um but no i i agree i like the uh i wish i had a little bit more crazy stuff going on at my holidays but i'll probably be you don't drunk person at thanksgiving doing stupid shit so you
0: you don't i mean it you can go without the like racist second cousin who's 94 years old and doesn't know what she should say and no it Uh, you know just overall the extended family i I'm, i'm all about maybe a reunion every five years um yeah major extended family outside of my aunts and uncles um yeah, I just think that's better to document. Like I'd love to get a Netflix crew in there. And we could really give Travis and uh the other Kelsey brother a run for their money. Um, because our family really knows how to fucking throw down. So more yeah. to come on that. I'll I'll, I'll
1: Okay. You know. Well, we'll have to have like a, a recap episode next week, like a little Thanksgiving recap. Uh maybe a little bonus episode. We'll just will run through the Thanksgiving highlights um but but aside from the holiday since this is a golf podcast i I have something to surface to you that i'm curious if you've seen yet um i don't like it have you seen this have you seen this stuff about john rom going to live
0: yeah yeah i have um
1: uh and when i first saw it like earlier this morning thought it was a joke i thought it was like one of those parody accounts like tweeting about it agreed about it it seems to be a very serious conversation that's happening and it actually might happen from what I can tell your thoughts uh
0: John Rom so I've got I've got a master's flag behind me that John Rom you know won that year I've got an autographed John Rom Golf Digest magazine that I bartered for a box of Kirkland's (laughs) seemed like a huge win at the time uh but if he if, if he does this I don't know I don't know I the the thing is let me just Put on both hats here. I could, I could get it. You know, he lives in Arizona. Yeah. He doesn't want to travel all over the world. He's already the best. Like, and maybe golf isn't the most important. To, like, I, I realize I'm not finishing sentences here, but like, not everyone is like Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas. That the most important thing to them in life is the PGA Tour. Um, I, yep. I do. I want to see it. No, because I don't want live golf to you know succeed on 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 a certain level but if any if he leaves that'll that'll suck for the pga tour but i also really don't understand because i thought live golf was going away after this year like
1: i thought this so yeah so yeah i don't know yeah so let me respond to a couple of the things that you just said thank you first of all information
0: since i didn't have any
1: of course of course so um let me. I'm gonna to respond to a couple of things you just said. So, in in relation to like Tiger, JT, Rory, those people that you just gave an example to, those guys are staunch PGA supporters, right? Mm-hmm. John Rom is a guy that I wouldn't say he's a, a PGA. I don't. I wouldn't say he's against the PGA. I would say he's probably on the PGA side more than Live. At least, uh, obviously, until like today, I always thought he was. But I think the thing with Rom is he hates like the Bureaucracy and the political bullshit that comes along with like what's going on with mm-hmm. the PGA tour and, and all that right now. So, if they're offering him 600 million, which is what's being reported, like fuck it, why not? Um, and what was the second thing you the last thing you just said? Um, I,
0: in terms of live succeeding. Uh, another year oh
1: and yeah 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 so that was my other thing too that was my biggest question mark um I I was just I was in a group chat talking about this right before you and I hopped on here and I was saying it seems like a really weird time for anybody to defect to live tour right now especially after we still don't really know what's going on with that collaboration between like the PGA tour and live and the PIF and all of them so it seems like a weird like I thought After the night, like Liv might just be folding, and there was going to be some something else going on as well. So I was kind of thrown off by that too, Um, and especially for someone like Rom to be the one going is obviously a really big shakeup. So I'm curious to see what happens. As of right now, it sounds like his he hasn't signed or anything. It sounds like the hold up is not the money, and this could obviously this could literally change by the time you and I stop recording. It could certainly change by the time this episode comes out tomorrow. But um, it sounds like the hold up not the money. It's he wants the format to be changed. And I don't know specifically what he wants, but...
0: He wants the schedule changed.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily the schedule. I think it's the format of how the league works. Like, I don't know if it's 72 holes instead of 54. I don't know if it's not doing shotgun start. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But my guess is he wants the format to be changed so that they can qualify for OWGR points. And I can't imagine that the live golf entity and all the team captains that have to agree upon that would be against that. Cause I think that's what they've been arguing for since the inception of live golf. So I'm, I think this could create, like, I don't think if John Rom ends up finalizing this and going to live, I don't think that's like the end of this story. I think this could cause like, a bit of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ripples, what a ripple effect. Yes. Um, so that's that's my take on it. I, again, we, we're very early on. And this just got announced like by an hour or two ago. So I don't but, know what's going to come of it, but that's kind of what we have now and what my thoughts are. So yeah,
0: and and we'll see how it's to come. Because I mean, we've had unbelievably apparently accurate reports that. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay we're going to go to live right and, you know until you hear from the people that are apparently supposed to be going um I don't know because all it is from a live side is you're boosting up the opportunity of maybe you're trying to sign a Nicolai Horgaard who actually just won a, P- a DP world tour event beating out John Rahm also beat out John Rahm was Tommy Fleetwood Victor Hovland and Matt Wallace so maybe John Rahm can't compete anymore you know maybe he needs to go to live um I don't really mean that. But if you do have the ability to say, we might be signing John Rahm, that could help you sign other players. And I think I've seen that they are creating some sort of a, lack of a better word, free agency for live, which mm-hmm. that would open up the doors to, it's not an exclusive league. You can compete to make your way on. And that is one of the things that prevents them from one of the many things that prevents them from getting right. world golf ranking points but yep. that's definitely going in the right direction for them to end up getting those now going back to what we said before we thought this whole thing was going to be dissolved so it's interesting but it seems to me as if because the deal has not been excuse me the deal has not been inked between the pga tour and the live tour and with the other parties involved they have a december 31st um timeline i believe mm. um to get this all done i think live is g- doing business as usual that that deal is not going to go through and we need to plan for the future because yeah if not handing john Rom 600 million dollars and i'm sure there's details of that contract but right Putting in such a large contract like that, it just doesn't make sense if the league itself isn't going to last. Now, like you said, we don't really have all the information. It's still very new. When I saw the headlines, yeah, I was like, "Fuck you, bitch!" And
1: yeah, that's true. Cool. The thing is but, now too, like for for someone like Rom, or honestly for anybody on the PGA Tour, if Live comes to that and tries to get them to join Live, with all the proceedings that have happened over the last few months and live like jay and yeah what's his name yasser or something do you uh, remember yeah I'm- yeah yasser yeah, yasser yeah, with those two talking when these guys are making that decision to go to live i bet it's much less of what it was last year where they're like shit like if i go to live i can never play on the pga tour i'm gonna get banned from the pga tour they're probably like well shit they're in talks anyway why can't i go over there i'm sure i'll be able to play on some in the major i can play the majors anyway like i can maybe play some of the pga we'll see what happens but um I mean, I think a guy like Rom, I think he's like the perfect concept of a guy that would want to go do something like live because he like he could end up being a flash in the pan. Like he's been sick the last two years. Maybe the next five, he's not great. Like it's it's the same thing as like Brooks Kepka did. And um, I'm trying to think of like who else you know what I mean? Like it's like I get take advantage of getting these big deals while you're hot. Cause like for all you know, like you could fall off the face of the earth you you can Jordan Spieth or Ricky Fowler exactly yeah
0: I I would say that as opposed to someone who because Brooks was more injury related and he's come back and proven that he's still a great golfer but I completely agree with you It, it regardless that John Rahm is already an amazing golfer something catastrophic could happen to any of these guys at any point whether it's the yips a physical injury or
1: or whatnot. And the game could just fall apart. Like, look at how JT's been playing the last two years. And like, I, if you asked me three years ago, I could have told you he would have been number one in the world at some point. And he's been playing like shit. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, take it golf's a game of streaks, you know. So Agreed. Like, if you're on a hot one, take advantage, I guess. Right? Agreed.
0: And John Rom wouldn't also really have any repercussions. He he's already in the masters forever. He is a major champion. So and with his world golf rankings, he could probably play on the Live Tour for probably a couple years before right. he fell out of. The, I mean, maybe I. don't know. Yeah. the calculations. No, but hold on.
1: You, that's actually a really good point, and I'm gonna try to pull up OWG. Well, he right would already now. be
0: exempt for every major of this year, so it wouldn't. No, even I know.
1: I I'm just kind of curious. To see what, like, the highest ranked live guy is as of right now. I would think it's Brooks. Uh, It's Brooks, and he's ranked number 17. And And Cam Smith is number 18.
0: Right. Uh, Okay. So, for for the sake of this conversation, you said Cam Smith's 18? Yeah. Okay. So, both of them were probably top 10 prior to going to live. Brooks may have actually been out of it just because of uh, his injuries. They only played in four events last year that could get them world ranking points, and they're still both in the top 20. So I think it goes without saying that John Rom would probably be fine for a couple years without his exemptions that he already has.
1: All right. So they have on, on OWGR, they have columns, right? They have current ranking last week and the end of 2022. At the end of 2022, Cam Smith was ranked number three, and now he's at number 18. Kepka is currently at 17. What do you think he was ranked at the end of 2022? Eight. 52. So Because he had yeah, a I mean, crazy he, major season. He, he won a major.
0: He yeah. was top five in another.
1: Yeah. Um, so it so, goes to show you, like, if you get... And, like, Brooks is obviously, like, the exact example for this conversation. But it goes to show you, like, if you are on live and you play well, then, like, you come for the majors, you can still... You can qualify for him. you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: I and know. and Rom will already have exemptions. He won the US Open back in 2021, he won the Masters this past year. Um right. I'm sure I don't remember his PGA and open championship. Uh, but I'm yeah. sure he actually no, I think the open championship he didn't play that well. Um, but either way, based yeah. on his rankings, um, it, it, he's he'll be fine going forward. I think it's very interesting topic to stay close to. Um, I hope he yeah. doesn't go, but me too. I, I hate it more because I hate the separate. I'm still not watching live. I don't give a fuck if no. it's John Rahm and Brooks Kepka beating the shit out of everyone else that is too old. or not good enough to compete on the PJ tour. And I know that's a sour take and people are sick of it, but it's true.
1: Yeah. and Well, it's just not like I am like growing up watching golf and even watching adult watching golf like as an adult, like the way I. I don't even think about like, oh, like I wonder if Liv's on or I'm gonna go throw Liv on. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna put on golf channel, then I'm gonna switch to CBS or I'm gonna switch to NBC, whatever it's on that week. And like it's just it's always on, on at Sunday at one o'clock. You know, like it's yeah. When live is like it's on the CW or it's on at like a random time because they're playing in fucking Adelaide, Australia. Like, I don't well it's just tough to follow. That's that's and, the toughest part about it too.
0: Yeah, and additionally, I'm not gonna change my schedule to to follow it. I think if they right. could create a league. That did like night golf in China, and I'm not like up on the hour difference. But if they played night golf somewhere and put that on during the day and it was a good product, I'd watch it. But that is me being stubborn saying, You guys need to adjust to us because our TV dollars are the market.
1: Fight it if you want, but that's the truth. I think I don't want to get into like a big TGL conversation and like I really like they're not, they're getting pushed back a year, but like I think I'd be more likely to watch. A TGL on like a Monday night, just because I know it's only going to be two hours and like I could passively watch it while I'm scrolling on my phone versus like proactively going to throw on a live event like three o'clock on a Sunday.
0: Question, are you watching that over Monday Night Football?
1: It wouldn't be during football season.
0: Oh, I thought it was supposed to start in December
1: start it was supposed to start in january and the first two weeks were going to be on tuesday nights the first reason the first one was to not interfere with monday night football and the other was for like a different reason But okay. other than that it's like it's after football season so yeah well, well it won't happen this the year anyway reason like it's filling but... a void at that point like what else am i watching on monday night no agreed yeah no no
0: i, I don't disagree with that um well now that their entire stadium it's not like collapsed.
1: i'm I'm not like excited to watch TGL. Like I think like I'm kind of curious to see what the concept looks like and everything, but like, I'm not like gearing up to watch it, but more just like, Oh, I'll, I'll throw that on the back. It's kind of like what I do with golf. Like if I put the TB on, I'm just sitting on the couch. I just throw on golf channel and like, whatever's on is on. Like I might not be really watching it, but that's kind of what I would do with TGL. Yeah. But I'm not like, Oh, like I'm just going to sit on this couch and throw on my, I'm just going to throw on live, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well now we won't have TGL until 2025 yeah. because they're, stadium made of paper mache collapsed and yeah who would have thought god why didn't you build a fucking structure i'm sorry you made this whole thing out of a tent right where was this located in, 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 in florida and the, okay i forget who i was talking hurricanes? There like there's
1: hurricanes like what are you gonna do
0: i don't know sounds like I don't know. I, and who am I to say that like a tent isn't strong? I I'm sure that there is evidence of huge, massive structures that are put together by similar material, similar material, but well, I, I don't mean, know. I'm still going to stand behind it
1: in the Northeast. Like people like play soccer in the wintertime under those like, well, bulb- like inflatable, right? Things, yeah. Like, they but, hold up to snow and stuff, but, but
0: even one of those, uh, the Minnesota Vikings had one of those and their fucking stadium collapsed. I think dude, it was. Imagine the if you
1: were inside. If there was like a full stadium when that happened. Oh my god! That would be like I get claustrophobic, dude. That would be my nightmare. That would be the scariest thing in the world for me.
0: I think it was a Viking. Yeah, uh, December twenty twenty. Uh, the Viking st- roof fucking collapsed and dropped a shit ton of snow in the middle of the field. That's um.
1: Great. Remember when the uh, Civic Center collapsed back in like the late nineties? I don't. Uh, what happened I there? there was a bunch of snow on the roof and it collapsed. People die? Uh, I don't remember if anybody was in there. Hold on. I, I, yeah. I think it was that because there was a fire at the Civic Center at one point, too.
0: Uh, Hartford's just known oh, wait shenanigans.
1: Hold on. It collapsed in the 70s.
0: Oh, they just reported about it in the 90s?
1: There was something in the nineties that happened uh, in 2001. I think there was a fire or right, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we we're way off track. Today. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so what's been going on? Did Did you play some golf? this I week?
0: did play some golf. Um, I played some okay. golf. I've got the um, virtual league coming up soon. So I'll go real okay. quick. So we had the the banquet as well. Uh, um, oh yeah. Didn't, well, didn't win anything nice. One tw- Sorry, I didn't win anything huge. Won a $25 gift card uh, to Blackledge and kind of kicking myself about that because my name got called and I'm like, uh, duh, I always get called. And I go up there. It's a, a full table just of Blackledge gift cards. There's $100 gift cards. There's $75 gift cards. There's $50 gift cards.
1: Do you know what the value is?
0: No, Kevin, I would have chosen the $100 gift card
1: if I knew the value. Oh. Okay, well, I'm like, right. like, well, maybe that's why you're kicking yourself. But okay.
0: So obviously, picked a, uh picked a gift card after talking with Kev a few times. I was like, what do you think? He's like, Brian, just fucking pick a card. No one gives a shit. You win every time. So I yeah. pick up a card, $25. Okay. Stay. Hey, it, it was $25 entry to get in there. Um, yeah. So it felt like a win there. Also, I'm a picky eater. Tried some smoked salmon. Loved it.
1: Opening up that oh, yeah. palate
0: a little bit. Opening up that. I'm surprised pallet.
1: you would even try seafood, if I'm being honest with you. So that's I not see- fried.
0: I'll eat fish, uh, uh, fried fish. Um, yeah. I've eaten baked uh, baked fish too that I've caught. Uh, yeah. I'll eat lobster, um, calamari, clams. Yeah, um, fried
1: like fried seafood. Yeah, outside of lobster. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. Love, no, for don't sure. Get me wrong, but I, love I had fried a couple, seafood.
0: had a couple cocktails. So at first yeah. I turned it away, and she was like, "Oh, okay," and I was like, Brian. Come on, come on. Just fucking try. Yeah. At this point, we've yeah. got confidence. We're at that point of the night. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. Slap that on there, Marie. And yeah. uh I did. I liked it. So um
1: nice. We went well.
0: <laughs> we stayed afterwards with a couple of the guys. Um they were getting into some shenanigans late night. They were mentioning dive bars I had never even heard of. Uh so at that point I said, you know what, I'm gonna go home. I got home by nine. This is how aggressive that I mean. As you, can what time did it start? Uh, six. Oh, okay. But people were probably there golfing earlier in the day, people were probably just there drinking earlier. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Either way, great turnout. Um, great turnout. Um, and I did get some golf in last week. Uh, weather got up into the 60s, was not able to card the round, which I felt like also kind of freed me up a little bit. Um, the yeah. first hole I hit. I, I didn't think it was a great tee shot. It stayed in the fairway, um, but I was so fu- – I played the Gilead side of Blackledge. Um, yeah. I was like 200 out, pulled it a little bit. It was heading towards the trees. My ball ended up on the fucking cart path. And I was like, ah, this sucks. Um. All right. Like, And then I was like, you know what, Brian? Who cares? You just play golf shots that wh- – who knows? I didn't play it off the cart path. <laughs> yeah. But I was originally going to move it like – 13 feet back away from the green, but like off the cart path more towards the rough, as opposed mm-hmm. to just putting it six inches behind the cart path and hitting out. And I was like, you yeah. know what? I don't know if that, if I could legally drop that far away because it would have been more than two club lengths. I, and who gives yeah. a shit? So I just put one down in the dirt right behind the cart path, didn't get it to the green. Um, I I shouldn't have. I mean, I had to keep it low and whatnot, but ended up bogeying the hole made like a six-foot putt. Um, Okay, And I was like, listen, I didn't deserve anything better than a bogey. And at that point, I'm just like, let's just go have fun. I was playing with this guy named Bob, this guy named Paul. Both were great guys. They were handing me some Jameson on the fourth hole. I was like, oh, shit. We're going to have a day like this? Okay. Let's Um, go. So we move on to the second hole, par three, put the ball within like 20 feet. I was like, all right, well, thought I hit that a lot better and I did, but I did not. Um, mm-hmm. Bob says to me, after he makes like an eight-foot putt for, uh, for par, he's like, do you want this in or out? And this is something that I'm sure you get all the time, too, if you join up as a single. Honestly, I always just say I don't care. Because if yeah. they like it in, just leave it. I don't want to go every time and take it out. If you like mm-hmm. it out, works for me. Sure, yeah. I, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. So I've got like a twenty foot putt for birdie, and he's like, "Would you like it in or out?" I was like, Honestly, "Wait,
1: why did he putt his eight footer for par before you putted your twenty footer for birdie?"
0: Because I was pick, I was doing ball repair marks. Uh, my my oh. entire side of the green was ridiculous. They were very quick. I I fixed yeah. like four marks, and this guy had already like two putted. I I was, oh, he had a longer putt by the way, and then he just finished out. So it it it, it, okay. it he had the right to have his turn, um, and he's like, "You want an in or out?" And I was like, "Honestly, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, whatever you guys prefer." So he's like, "Oh, okay." So then I proceed to drain a twenty-foot putt for birdie, and then I say, "Because I hit it, no matter if the flag is in or out." And uh, really feel like I left a lot out there on the second ball in. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely felt like a baller. I was like, "That's sick." No big deal. Next hole, par five. Um, my third shot onto the green. I put it to like six feet. Drain another birdie putt. So, I I'm, wait. Wait. Wait.
1: Wait. Wait. So you're 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 one under through three with two birdies. That's okay. correct.
0: And acknowledging that I can't log this score.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, so, right. so I'm assuming you turn and you're now. Eight under through
0: nine. That would be with, glorious. With and birdies. it may have been logged in September uh, if that were the case. Um, yeah. No, because either way, if I could log it, it, it still could be a personal best either way. This day was sure. not a personal best for me, but we'll continue. Next hole, um, I save par with like an eight foot putt. Um, So I'm two under through, sorry, I'm one under through four. And that's where I I knew things we're probably going to either go really well for me or take a turn for the worst and took a turn for the worst. They did Kev. It was just so stupid. I hit a ball um, close to the out of bat. it was technically in the hazard, uh, but I could get a club on it. So I was like, I'm going to advance this ball. I'm not taking a drop. I hit it. It ends up clipping a branch as it's in the air and drops down into another hazard. I hit that out of the hazard again as a punch out
1: because of trees in front of me kind of hazard are we talking about like it's obviously not water it's just it's just high
0: high grass yeah Um, but it was sitting on top of the grass like i i didn't think that my first shot i was expecting to advance the ball like 70 80 yards okay and it only advanced about 25 because once it got in the air it clipped a tree um and dropped straight down yeah yeah i got it i had to punch out again ended up with a nice triple there um those are fun but yeah hey listen this is golf, and I told myself right after. I was like, hey, Brian, you can't cart it. Don't fucking worry about it. Next hole, double that, bitch. I'm just, I'm just in the zone. I'm like, listen, baby, we are just going to play our own game. Who gives a shit? We come to the par five, number seven.
1: You're playing like golf bingo. You're like, I got a bogey. I got a birdie. I got a double, triple par. Where's the pars at, Brian? I, I had
0: a five, two, four, seven, six. Yeah. The, well, well, we need a one we need a one we need a three we get yeah. okay so we've got we did get two through seven on the card for the entire day but no okay. let's just get back to it so uh par five hole number seven and this is kind of where the round stops for me hit a dog shit t-shot top the hell out of it somehow it's still yeah. like 220 yards smash a okay. three wood because it, it i've got probably like a buck 70 that i need to carry uh to yeah cover the shit real windy probably gusts up to 45 miles an hour said bob um i'm not a wind guy but he was pretty confident on that and i know
1: 45
0: gusts oh yeah and on some of my shots i saw it like i had a great shot and then it just travels like 35 yards to the right and i'm only like 100 yards out and i didn't it. yeah um gusts were pretty bad uh pretty bad but um so I actually crushed my my three wood, landed over uh, just on top of a bunker, but I was underneath a tree. I was like seventy yards out, uh, maybe like eighty yards out. Had to hit a punch, uh-huh. take a six yeah. iron, punch it, hit the stick. It lands one inch from the flag. Um, tap in burn.
1: So you had three birdies through seven holes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a double and a triple, obviously, but we'll we'll save those for later. But oh, yeah, okay.
0: So so this is like a roller coaster for sure. I bogey the next two holes. I have three birdies on the front nine, and I shoot a 41. Which, I mean, with a double, a triple, a couple bird, like.
1: So I've had some rounds like that too, and like after I like write down the score and like I'm looking at it. And you just like, do you ever just like not even know how to feel? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, sick. I had three birdies. Very cool. Like, but look at all these bogeys and like doubles and look are all these squares on the card too. Like, I don't even know how I feel after a round. Like, how did you feel as you your vacation? I the felt
0: tournament? that my 41 should have been a 38, if not a 39. Um, okay. Definitely a 39. Thought the opportunity was there for a 38 because yeah. I three putt bogeyed number nine and that was just a horrible miss on like a short putt um and then i shouldn't have tripled that hole shouldn't double that other hole either but it is what it is turn at 41 um nothing too special on the back i shoot a six over 42 uh shooting 83 um but for you know middle of november um i'm i'm very happy with the way i played um yeah
1: that's also not like a like, an 83 solid score. And, like, in when I know you were talking about, like, logging scores. That's not – that's kind of one of those scores that, like, it's not going to ruin your handicap and it's not going to make your handicap hmm. kind of thing. So, you're, like – you're you're so indifferent towards it anyway. So, that's kind of – it's, like, the perfect round to shoot when you can't – like, you played decently well, but, like, it wasn't, like, a, a career round or a terrible. So, you're like, oh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, no. Right? For,
0: for sure. I felt with the conditions, I thought everything went pretty well. Um Hell
1: yeah. And how you said it was warmer, right? Like in the 60s?
0: Yeah. Just and windy? the last hole I hit the green from like wind was in our face. I was like yeah. 160-ish, hit a uh, hit a 5 iron pin high. Missed the birdie pup by like 2 inches. It, but like I love parring the last hole hitting a hitting a green in regulation and just closing it out i just feel so much more complete about my round than finishing with a bogey or, or worse
1: yeah yeah absolutely no i completely agree well that's fucking awesome man i um there's no like golf season here is officially like not happening. like we got snow last night it was snowing for a couple hours uh it, it rained in the middle of the night so it washed it all away but like no, i've been to the so, simulator yeah. a handful are there times. any
0: um municipal or yeah municipal courses that are like town-owned that are open year-round if there is no snow or does everyone pretty much just like they're closed and don't even bother showing up january 5th if it's um, 55
1: degrees i've played on I, get, I was talking to my coworker about the other day i couldn't remember if it was christmas eve or new year's eve like two years ago i played up here that course where I live now is like super far away, so like I probably wouldn't even really go over there. I'm sure there's like maybe a couple others around that would do that, but not really a ton.
0: It's understandable, man. You're a lot more up north; it gets a lot colder. Listen, if I was getting
1: emails like the one, golf two handicap weeks
0: ago. index system but, or index network adjusts because of where you live. Like, I mean, clearly it makes sense. Yeah.
1: Like, I was getting emails one and two weeks ago from courses stating, like, we're closing on this day and not reopening until the spring. Um, I think it's not worth it for them to stay open because it ruins the turf.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with
1: that. Uh, so due to that, I have been um, getting to the simulator. I think I talked last week about how I went to the simulator for, like, an hour or mm-hmm. whatever. But I, uh, I got myself a lesson this past weekend. Uh, I got an hour lesson on Saturday um so i'd love to talk to you a little bit about that um because that is something that i'm uh, I'm a little excited about and i'm glad i'm doing it now it's i feel like time. anytime i've taken a lesson i've taken it like in the middle of the season or like at the beginning of the season because i'm like oh i got to get ready but like i think taking it now will really give me an opportunity to like make it muscle memory and feel more natural by the time the spring comes Um, and even like with my golf trip coming up in January, like I still have plenty of time to like get that grooved in for that. So I'm excited about that, but, um,
0: it's, I couldn't agree more, Kev, this is the time of year I did my lesson last year with George Connor. I thought that I, I should have gone for additional lessons and he's someone I'm certainly going to contact in the future. Um, possibly this, this, uh, December, uh, this winter, but I couldn't agree more, um, about this is the time to do it because there are specific takeaways that you get from a lesson and there are things that don't feel right. So it you're going to hit bad shots. Uh, you're going to feel weird at first when you're swinging, when you're holding the club, whatever your setup is. So I feel like it was so much more beneficial for me to get myself used to those things during the off season and hit balls outside when I could yeah. by the time the year this has hands down been the most consistent in terms of my scoring, been the most yeah. consistent golf I've ever played in my life. Um yep. even when I was shooting consistently in the 80s and alcohol is probably a big part of the other side of it. I could go out and shoot a fucking 99 with, with you know with because I didn't have actual I was just lucky. I my body was yeah. hitting the ball where it should. It was and I remember golfing with a guy back when I was a member at Indian Springs. He was a guy who got after it. I never really took what he had to say too much because he would do cocaine on the golf course. Um, uh-huh. But he was a salesman. He came out from New Jersey, and I guess he was in the area. And he'd always – somehow we'd always, like, get out uh, together. I was a member, so I'd just hop around at, or start my nine wherever I could. Um And he had told me one time, he's like, Listen, man, I used to give lessons. And immediately I was like, Well, that's interesting because your game is fucking trash. Um, But it could have been the co game. He told me. Probably was. Yeah. uh, On one hole specifically, he's like, Dude, listen, I know that you hit the ball like really clean. And this was when I wasn't even using driver, I was flushing my four iron off the tee, 230 plus.
1: Um, he's hitting like, those low, those low draws yeah, that you sort Yeah. yeah used to he's like, that, Listen, Brian Ackley,
0: your body is just in rhythm right now. He's like, as you get older, as you, he's like, that's not going to work for you forever. And yep. he's like, I would just recommend trying to tone that back. And me in my early twenties, I was like, fuck you guy. I'm out driving your ass with my four iron. you over here hitting three wood, you bitch. And <laughs> I mean, years later I thought about, it, and it was so true. I would move my front foot off the ground. I would have such a Matt Wolf sort of in, um, inbound motion with my left leg. Excuse me. I would turn my body so much that my head almost wasn't even looking at the ball, but I would whip that club back and it would hit the center of the fucking club, uh, center of the ball every time. And that's just where I was body wise, physique wise. It, um elasticity from flexibility i think i used yep. that word correctly um it and just, it you were younger soccer, like that's
1: what it comes down to right i like, can't do that's that anymore now 100
0: much more i i still struggle a little bit keeping that front foot on the ground not with my irons with my driver i just want to pick it up i feel like it gives me more power even though it doesn't but yeah. i feel so like even doing practice swings at home i'm i'm putting the club where it needs to be and I just feel so confident about that. I I was saying to you the other day, I, I'm sure I've done it this year. I can't remember a time I've hosled a ball. And yeah, but and prior like prior years, I'd have one or two around, and they're just like Brian. What are you doing? Like fucking think about what you're doing here. Did- and I don't know. I just I think there's a lot that can go into a lesson, the takeaways that can come from it, and I think you're doing it at the exact right time. So I will shut the fuck up
1: now. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned the hazel thing, because in my when I first went over, so I had gone there before the first time I went there, I went to hit balls for like an hour or whatever. And the place was dead. It was literally just the the guy that owns the place, Evan. He's the pro there that does the lessons and like his employee. So like I was talking to him a lot, like he had watched me swing a few times or whatever. Um, And he he told me when I got to the lesson, he's like, I I still kind of remember your swing. So I was like actually thinking about it this morning as you were coming in, like things we wanted to work on. But he had me take like, you know, four, four swings or so before he started talking to me about stuff. And I, I hosled two of those first four swings, which like.
0: I did that in my lesson.
1: A bit of like a heel bias, like on my strike, but like, I don't usually hosle it. So I was like, Oh, what the fuck is happening here? But um, going back to what you were just saying, um, your consistency this year, I completely agree. And I noticed that about your game too. This past season for me was extremely frustrating because of my inconsistency. And that's actually what's causing me to want to take some lessons. What was the um, range?
0: I, your, your low is. Like I a shot the lowest round
1: in my year. I shot a seven, lowest round of my life. Shot a seventy-two. Oh, right. And right. Sorry, I, sorry. And your high. And I think I shot like a ninety-eight or something at some point. Oh. I can, I can try to pull it up on my. Yeah, and, and, and that's
0: fine. Check it out. I that is, but that is a thing right there. That your instructor, your coach, however, they would tell you that's where the value is going to come in. Now you will still have that ability because it's in you to go out there and shoot that 72. But because of the fundamentals, the the added fundamentals and the added sharpness to specific sh- things about your shot, you're not going to go out there and shoot that 98 unless yeah. we are talking about hurricane weather, unbelievable drops. Like it's just, it will not take you that many strokes to get to the hole and then put the ball in the hole.
1: Yeah. My June says my high is a 92. Um, I have a fit. It said like the actual score was a 93 adjusted was 92. I have a feeling it was like higher than that. Like there was probably like some random holes that were like, it, I, I think it, it was actually at Sterling farms. And I think it was, it might've been the event that I played in. So I think there was like a, where like you were logging, like your max score anyway. I don't remember, but either 20, 20 um,
0: strokes differences. I mean, for that, that's pretty, for you, you shooting a 72 and being a single digit handicap, that is a huge difference. I mean, completely you agree. Oh, never no, I, shooting in the 90s. Uh, no, I skin. agree.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I I had multiple rounds in the 90s this year, and that's what was like the most frustrating for me. I'm like, I'm like, not like if I, I'm usually generally content if I like break 85. Like, I want to break 80 when I, play, low if I break 85, I'm not super upset.
0: Agreed. If I'm not
1: breaking 90, I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? Um, so anyway, and then you mentioned your when you were talking to that guy at Indian Springs or whatever, he's like, Everything's just lining up for you, and that's what the pro was saying to me at one point too. He's like, We're gonna work on the efficiency of your swing because you have a lot of things like we can just make your swing more efficient. Like when you take the club away from the ball, you go way outside, but yeah. by the time you're at the top of your swing, or when you're in the middle of your back swing, you get super flat. Like at the top, you get yourself to a good position, but like we can get there a lot more efficiently using a lot less energy and just like make your swing a lot smoother. So
0: um, I would agree with that. There's a, oh yeah, you've seen my swing. Yeah, but where it's tough is I've seen your swing and I've watched you smash a four iron 200 yards off the deck and it sit three feet from the pin. So it's tough for me to say it's not a good swing, but I agree when you take it back, it's almost like here. You get it back up. You get it up where it needs to be, but you start on a different path, but you get there. So you as a player, you're getting there. So you're not seeing what the problem would ever be. Someone tells you, "Right, listen, I'm going to make it feel like you're swinging 10 to 15% less with less effort on every swing. And we'll get to it. But that's how I felt during mine. Like he'd tell me like, don't fully finish or like, don't fully swing. And I'm hitting the ball so like 25% farther than I was hitting it when I'm trying to crush it. And he's like, yeah, club and your body will do all the work if you put them in the right positions.
1: So hundred percent
0: Kev. I'm kind of nervous. I'd like you to stop these lessons actually, if we're going to continue doing matches together, because
1: I don't um, know, man, I'm even nervous. If the handicap goes down. We have that handicap system to keep us in line. <laughs> so um, so I'll kind of walk you. I'll walk you through what happened with the lesson because it yeah. was a lot of good stuff, and it was. It's really interesting because I'm also gonna. I've taken lessons before. I think I got three lessons total, Everyone's... all from the same guy a couple years ago.
0: Everyone should take lessons.
1: Completely agree. Like I saw something the other day. Like if you have five hundred dollars to spend on golf, instead of buying a new driver, go get five hour long lessons. Like it's gonna be your game's gonna improve a fuckload more. Um, but anyway, so. When I went to those lessons previously, like a few years ago, one of the big things that they changed for me was narrowed up my stance and I used to stand real, I used to crowd the ball. So he had me stand a little bit further from the ball and had me feel like I was reaching or whatever. Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, when I go to this lesson, um, he had me take a few swings and he showed me, first of all, this is my first lesson at a simulator too. So we have lot of data. Can we Um,
0: start there for a sec? How did you feel after the first few swings? Uh, uh, Because we've had our talks about shooting indoors and I've got fitted on an indoor simulator and whatnot. Did you feel, just tell me about how how you felt about it.
1: Um, I felt totally fine. I think at the end of the day for when you're looking at a golf lesson, or when you're looking at like your golf shots and you're looking at your results, they can look very different. You can hit like Mm -hmm. a big duck hook or you can hit like a big slice. You can, you can smash one. You can top one, fat one, whatever. When you look at the video of a swing of all of those swings, they all look pretty fucking similar. So like, it doesn't really matter. Like the way you're hitting the ball might change up a little bit, but like when like a pro is looking at you swing, like, things aren't really changing that much swing to swing. And like, there's like big glaring problems that need to be addressed. And depending on how those things match up on each individual swing, they can cause different results. Yeah. Um, so I was trying not to think about it. But what I thought was cool was that, A, he had a cam like a straight down the line camera that showed like from the back. And then he had a head-on camera, like looking at like, like from the side. Yeah. Um, and afterwards you could like see the result of the swing obviously, but it also it showed you like,
0: smash back spin spin. like
1: your your path your face to path like all that and he also had both of those things so he would be able to show me like what i was doing and after those first few swings he was showing me the replays and i had that really narrow stance um in my back swing i like looking at like my face like if you're looking like from the side or whatever i would like sway back in my back swing and then i would like have that early extension problem where i would like sway forward in the forward swing so Basically, the the three big things he changed on my setup were my stance is a lot wider. Like, it, it feels like I'm standing excessively wide, but I'm really just like a little bit outside my shoulders.
0: Were you inside um, your shoulders before?
1: Dude, I was super narrow. I know, and like, you, I didn't I even, know you
0: were narrow. I'm just looking. I was I'm inside my right shoulders. Now.
1: Yeah. Okay. But like.
0: Jack it, is also it, very narrow. And. Oh, cool.
1: yeah. And he, he smashes One the One of the ball.
0: best golfers I know. Yeah. It's.
1: Yeah. And, and if you asked me, I would. if you asked me to sh- stand like shoulder width, I, I think like in my head I would do it and I would feel like I was standing shoulder width, but I would probably be inside of it. So like when I'm standing now, like I feel like I have to like consciously like put myself into that position. Um, so it was that um, he he's having me stand a lot closer to the ball because he had I was also standing on a mat that showed me pressure wise where my weight was on my feet how do you, you look like at that it,
0: when swinging does it, oh, it
1: no it was just like a oh, it was just literally just like a thin little carpet that those like, are nice it, like you, i didn't even know it was there or like i could see it was there but like standing you wouldn't notice it standing over the ball i guess is what i'm trying to say that's not nice. um and my weight was completely on my toes so i was like reaching out for the ball um so I it was
0: yeah i just from yeah. pictures of you golfing like You're almost like you lean almost towards the ball.
1: Yep. hundred percent.
0: I don't even, even well, I suppose I'm taking the videos of you, but
1: (laughs) yeah. So basically that's, that's the thing. The three things were widening up my stance, standing closer to the ball and in standing closer to the ball, naturally my weight is going to come not on my heels, but more towards my heels. So I'm even, right. Um, like if you looked at me like setting up for a swing, like it almost looked like I was up on my right toe and like my right heel was lifted a little bit kind of thing. So he, he adjusted those three things in terms of my setup and that feels a little bit awkward. Um, And then just in terms of my swing itself, the the main thing we focused on there once I got like my setup taken care of was if you looked at my shoulders, like the way my shoulders pivoted in my back swing, I was basically turning like laterally. So like, I was super flat. Like, you know, this. like, I was super flat in my backswing. He's having me take. And I I think I remember you telling me this when you got a lesson, basically feel like my left shoulder is going back and down and Mm -hmm. pointing it. He's like, normally I would say to point it directly behind the ball for you. I would say point it behind and inside of the ball to really make sure you're feeling it. So basically the plane of my shoulders is a lot more upright versus flat in my takeaway. Um, So that's obviously like a lot of changes. And he told me, he's like, listen, like if I'm giving you too much, just let me uh, or just tell me and I'll I'll, like reel back or whatever. But the setup, setup, like when you're trying to groove that, like I can be on a work call and just like holding a club up to my shoulders and just like doing slow motion, like pointing that club and like go back to neutral and like keep doing that. He's like, dude, like stand in a mirror. And just like look at your feet and make sure your feet are like just a little bit outside your shoulder. Like it's it's easy stuff that like you just have to get used to being in that position. The shoulders is going to be more of like a process. Yeah.
0: Um. I'm I'm looking at a video of you right now, uh, hitting out of a bunker on 16. Yeah. TPC A7, and you can
1: see all of that stuff, right?
0: A hundred percent, and
1: it's things that I've and I've noticed it about my own swing, but I didn't know what needed to change. And also like the weird thing about it was those previous lessons, he narrowed up my stance. He had me stand further from the ball. So I felt like I was more reaching for it. But those previous lessons, like I'm not knocking that pro I went to. He was fixing other problems that I had previously, right? Right,
0: yeah. So no, that's, for
1: sure. that's the thing too. Um. So it was really interesting. Like honestly, in the lesson itself, I would say I probably swung the club less than 25 times altogether, right? Like actually hit a ball less than 25 times altogether. Um, But it was good because he was like, listen, like I I want you to be like two thirds of the time when you're working on these fields and this swing, you you should be doing it without a ball because what we don't want is we don't want you to get results oriented because we're trying to change our setup and how we're moving our body and the ball flight's going to come. But even like, the balls that I was hitting, like A, things were traveling a lot straighter and not going nearly as far offline. And even the poor strikes, like I was only hitting seven irons. Like I was, I would hit one I'm like, oh, like that didn't feel great. Um, and he was like, Yeah, like, yeah, but it went it, it, you flew right. like 162 when it was two yards offline. Like you're not gonna be upset with that. I'm like, no, you're completely right. Two, two of them I caught really good. I'm like, Oh, that one felt really good. I was flying my seven iron like 182.
0: Oh, that's. I'm simple. like
1: well this is too far <laughs> I don't know if I love this but Hi, Bryson. Um, I'm like looking at it I'm like shit man like it's just like it's simple stuff like that but mm-hmm. I think that the biggest takeaway for me was last time I took lessons I feel like I walked out and like I could I could feel what he wanted me to do and like right away I was having like really big results whereas I feel like this is going to take a lot of Practice to implement, but I think it's going to be worth it for me in the long run. Well, it's um,
0: because you're already a better player, Kev. That that's why. right.
1: That's it's like improvements become harder the better you get, right? Like, cause there's there's less there's less low hanging fruit. Like that's uh, really what it comes down to.
0: Easiest comparison that I've heard, and this might not be socially acceptable anymore, but years ago, it's going to be easier for a guy to lose 25 pounds if he's 400 pounds than if he's 180 pounds. 100. It's just. You have more to work with. Right. Exactly. Um, And someone's probably going to message me and be like, that was pretty fucking insensitive. But you know what? No, I think pills now that you can take to lose weight. So I don't want to. If
1: people are worried about being sensitive, they probably don't listen to our podcast. That's another great point. uh,
0: Bringing them in
1: weekly. So anyway, I went back to the simulator for 30 minutes, like a few days later to work on it. And I'm noticing the ball. I'm like launching it like I'm hitting it pretty well, but I'm, everything's going right. And I think that's probably something very minor. And he mentioned the next thing he wants to do is work on my hand path, but it's kind of like, I think it's going to come in layers. Um, I'm planning to book another lesson with him in like a week or two, because I think it's going to be a bit of a multi-step type situation, Mm -hmm. but I'm feeling really positive about it um, overall. So um, I will say though, I really know I'm making a swing change because that 30 minutes at the simulator, I woke up the next morning and my left hip was just like, Locked up, sore as fuck. I'm like, damn, I haven't moved. I haven't used this part of my body in a long time. <laughs> that's
0: um, no, that's great. And I mean, you're gonna see the benefits of it come come spring. No, not come spring. Come come your golf trip in um in Arizona. My goal, man.
1: I'd like to have it pretty grooved in by like I, I recognize it's not going to be perfect at that point, but I'd like to have it somewhat grooved in by January. I think I might do like one more hour lesson and then try to get that membership that I told you about there for like the month of December. And that'd be sick
0: too. If you're playing off last year's handicap and you just crush some lessons
1: and uh, I mean, I don't know the boys. I close it like a seven and a half. I don't know if I'm really gonna be playing that much better than a seven and a half, but um, it will be, uh, we we actually booked one of our tea times over the weekend. We booked our Sunday tea time at talking stick. So I'm excited about that.
0: I mean, I I don't understand. Like, I don't care if it's July. I can't book a tea time anywhere months in advance,
1: dude. Isn't that weird?
0: Yes, it is weird.
1: Why? Why is that? Like, every everywhere. So, town of colony, dude. You could uh, maybe tourist more than areas three are days ahead of time.
0: Maybe tourist areas are different because of that.
1: Oh yeah, probably. Um, but still, like, what is it? I guess it's to avoid no shows. But, like, make people pay up front if they're going to book. Like if you're booking more than, like, a month ahead of time, you have to pay up front or something. Or give a credit card. So if you don't show up, they charge you, right? Like,
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was that's weird. Just, that's just sexual. Guys, I booked a tea time a couple months out. Wait, what? I mean, I, I'll tell Courtney that. I'll be like, no, Courtney, I, oh, April. F- no, April 4th. Sorry, I've got a tea time. I, I, I didn't tell you about? No, nah, I can't make that birthday party. I was
1: kind of shocked we were able to. But then I was like, oh, okay. Uh one of the places we're playing, we're not able to book yet, if I remember correctly. But um
0: I was kind of shocked. And then... I shocked.
1: Yeah, I was shocked. Um and I have something else to talk to you about while we're in the um, Bring it while we're in the process of talking about changes in our in our golf games. Um was on this podcast when you and I were talking how I was saying how I would never change my putting grip, right? Um or saying how like I think it's like it's something I've never thought to do, or like, and, like a lot of people like change up their putting grips all the time. It's something I never really would do or thought to do. Um, so anyway, I was in my basement the other day, just rolling some putts. And I started experimenting with the I don't know if it's like the claw or the pencil Basically, like my my top hand, my left hand, I hold normal, and then my bottom hand, I have like the thumb behind it and like my my two forefingers. Just, like, on the front of it. Just, like, kind of, like, not holding it, but just, like, guiding it and keeping it straight. Where's your pinky? And kind of, like, pulled up. Like, I have my, like, do you see me like this? All like right. if, if So if my forearm is, like, the shaft of the club right here, I'm basically, like, doing that. Okay. Um, I, I've definitely seen I just,
0: that. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. it's called either. What and I was just rolling guy? some
1: putts, and I'm like, I feel like I can't, they just, like, I couldn't, like it just, it was starting it online, I guess, essentially. And I've been struggling a lot with my putting the last couple of years. Like my speed on long putts has been terrible. And my short putts, I've just like been pushing and pulling and like, I'm so in my own head. So I think that might be my other thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to try that out. See how it goes. So I'm making a lot of changes, Brian. I'm going to be on tour by 2025. I'm going to be on the TGL. Hey,
0: listen, you were the DOD king. I got my money on you getting there first.
1: Oh my god, that's something. I, have you ever tried to hit a, a DOD? Like ever been at the range? But like, yeah, I'm going to see if I can hit one of these.
0: I've I've hit driver off the deck.
1: In in a round,
0: I did it with you in a um, two man best ball at Stanley.
1: What, I was in the were rough. You doing that? On, oh, I'd be more like it was it fluffed up, like I'd be more likely to give that a go, but I still feel like well, I'm able to hit my clean three place, wood further.
0: So we were uh, able to, it was on the the back. We were playing that whole uh downhole, uh, par five, the pond you could reach there with your driver, oh, heading yeah. toward Costco or Target or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we were at the bottom of the hill there. It must have been a scramble because we were able to place it, and I i hit driver from there. I've hit driver before. Um. But yeah, it would be, you know, like a fluffed up lie. The difference is I don't have that big of a difference between like I can hit my three wood really well. So I just, I don't understand the driver off the deck thing. Like it's only like you better never need it on a par four. And then on a par five, like most long hitters get there in two with their three wood. I just don't get like, cool. All right. I hit driver off the deck and this is what I do. He's gonna go somewhere, and they're be like, "Dude, you're losing thirty yards per shot because you don't tee the ball up." Like,
1: Yeah, I think the only way it ever makes sense is say you need to it, you need the ball to travel the distance that your three would would travel if you hit it really well, but you need it to like roll up there the last like thirty or forty. Like, that's the only way I could understand it. But because that's at the not a day. Golf- courses are made like no i agree like the way your driver's built too like hitting it off the deck it's basically impossible to hit like this you're gonna hit it low on the face right like it's gonna be like super low and super spinny like as a custom wood is designed to be hit off the deck
0: he's not hitting the same driver you and i have in our
1: bag no i know but it's still like it's still a lot bigger than a three wood like it's not huge yeah but it's no
0: It, like, TaylorMade now sells that mini driver that Tommy Fleetwood was using constantly. You can use that yeah. off the back.
1: Yeah, I guess It so. looks like
0: a driver, but the degree of it is so open that you can really hit the center of the face just off of the grass. I'm not trying right. to take away credit from this kid. He's a clown, though. I will say that. He's a clown.
1: The DOD king? Yeah,
0: I, I just... Yeah. He's... I, I, but it's just because he's not my generation. I think yeah. the kids 10 years younger than me are like, this kid, so he's calling everyone pussies, and he's like... I, cool
1: you're from north Carolina. i actually have heard that him like outside of his character that he plays as the DOD game. i've heard he's like actually like a really just like regularly funny guy but i don't i can't stand like the, the content personally i think yeah, it's so
0: i would i would assume that though if you're if you have enough personality to make that character i'm sure that you are a good personality as well but listen I like, I like Bob Does Sports, all right? Listen, that's a yeah. character I can get behind. You give me, Joey Cole a little bit much. You give me a little Fat Perez, a little Bobby, Bobby Fairways. I'm about that. I don't need you to be like, you know what I can do, bitch? I can watch golf on television every week and watch things that you can't do. So I really right. don't give a shit about you hitting a driver off of, they allow you to hit tees.
1: They al- right. I, and also, like, that's all you do. <laughs> it's like yeah. what how there's no diversity in your, like your portfolio is not diverse that's, I mean I see the, the guy problem. putting
0: with a driver uh, let me tell you what I don't care how good you are no one would ever tell you to do that no Gilmore happy
1: Gilmore might now that's,
0: that's the uh, that is the world we live in now like you this kid's gonna fucking retire at 30 years old
1: I'm sure yeah I'm sure it gets plenty of clicks right Oh, for sure,
0: for sure. Just like the life of Um, podcast, be a little bit more outlandish, Kev. Let's try to get canceled. What should we do? Oh, I don't. So this guy sent me a DM, and it was about um, making additional income because of a golf background. I was like, sure. Send me some information. He's like, uh, so I actually don't sell golf products. I was like, all right, red flag i uh, not interested. Yeah. I look on his profile. One of the most recent videos is like the 10 reasons I'm going to get canceled this year. And it was like gender identity uh, uh, discussions, political discussion. I was like, yeah, block, yeah. Block,
1: block, block. Sorry, bro. Uh, yeah, the thing is, like, we have jobs. Yeah, so, like, yeah. like, be- I think he <laughs>
0: wanted me to storm the Capitol the next time. And I've got plans that day. Luckily, Kevin <laughs> booked me a tea time out in Arizona and we were busy.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, right. You have probably zero golf going on this week, huh? None. It's busy, busy week for you, for the young man. Well, Thanksgiving. Could could get out for some virtual, but yeah, nothing. Jack yeah. invited me to play
0: you... Shenny uh, on Thanksgiving because Shenny Cossett's mm-hmm. open, but I'm not going to be able to swing that. It's fucking brutal.
1: Um, when does the virtual league start? December? December 4th
0: jay-z's birthday also got feedback i was on the black album i can't believe i said uh my cousin Durham was listening called me out immediately sent me a text like bro how are you i was screaming listening to my radio like you called i oh i said it was on one of the blueprints yeah it was on the black album correction well, there. colors yeah uh, well you know you know and uh i mean i'll be right there charlotte come here you want to say hi to the podcast okay hi podcast oh no how about how about this hi charlotte this is a microphone, okay, my microphone. This is daddy's microphone it's for the podcast you want to go eat some food yes. okay goodbye
1: I love i love that a little early for the christmas sweater but i love the commitment to the season
0: oh yeah oh yeah that's that's mama dressing her for her.
1: <laughs> all right well i'll let you go take care of your child brian Um, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with family and no crazy aunts or uncles. Um, And we'll uh, connect next week. okay?
0: awesome. I appreciate it, Kev. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope all the listeners have a great Thanksgiving. Safe travels. Um, Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you tuning in a little early for beers. But uh, we'll catch you next week. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. That's Kevin O'Coin. I'm Brian Ackley. I said it all myself. I'm just out here doing big things. We'll see you. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.